Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the director of faith formation here at St. Paul's Cathedral in San Diego. And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the youth minister. I'm Jackie Pippin, and I'm the digital resource curator. And we're back for our week four of Lent podcast for the week of March 31st. Uh, did anybody have a fluff under this la- this past week? Oh, I wish I did. <laughs> did you? I did. I did. You did? Yes. <laughs> when? I was at Target and I was in the baking aisle. There was some fluff. Was there some? So I bought it. I already had peanut butter. Had yeah. Mary Lynn had a Mary Lynn had not before? had a fluffernutter before. <gasps> wow. What did she think? She loved it. You should have recorded that. I mean, it's marshmallow and peanut butter, so it's it's not though. bad. It's real good. Exactly. So, uh, I, if anybody else tried a fluffernutter, we'd love to hear about your stories right. of. <laughs> or if anyone else would <laughs> like a fluffernutter, <laughs> and we'll send it to you, but it'd be gross. Uh, but we usually we do like to begin the uh, podcast with a question and answer segment. So if you have any. Uh, questions or comments from your week of faith discussion, make sure to uh, get those to us either through our Instagram account, which you can find at faith2go on Instagram and follow us. You can also email us directly, uh, faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org, or you can contact us through our website. Today the gospel reading is kind of long, so we're going to forego our uh, question and answer segment to begin the podcast. But if we have a question or a comment or a story for next week, we will share it with the whole podcast community. Growing every week. Yeah. 31 cities this last week. Wow. Listen to the podcast across the country uh, and the world. Yeah, across the globe. So we thank everybody for listening, and we'd love to hear from you. Um, But we're going to jump into the gospel right now for this week of March 31st. Uh, The gospel for this fourth Sunday in Lent, year C, is Luke 15, 1 to 2, and then 11b to 32. So Jackie Jackie is going to read the gospel and then we're going to each take some time to highlight one point that we hope you take into your faith discussions and reflections this week. All the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to Jesus and the Pharisees and scribes were grumbling saying this fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and traveled to a distant country. And there he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him to his field to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough to spare, but here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands." So he set off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. 
Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field. And when he came and approached the house, he heard the music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked him what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has got him back safe and sound. And then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. And yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come back to life. He was lost and has been found. All right. So we have... A classic parable, the parable of the prodigal son this week, Uh, Luke's version of the parable. And we have jumped a chapter from last week's reading, but we are all over the gospel right now because we're in the season of Lent. So we're just kind of jumping around to different parts in Luke's gospel more for um, more thematically than uh, in terms of the narrative of the gospel. So uh, this... One, just one thing to know is that this uh, this particular parable comes in uh, in a in a string of four parables that Jesus tells all in a row. So that's why that's why the lectionary says uh, chapter fifteen verses one through three and then eleven b to thirty two because it skips the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the lost coin, and then the prodigal son, and then after the prodigal son is the parable of the dishonest manager. So um, it's kind of it's it's important to remember that these all these things happen within a larger context of the gospels, and especially these parables. When Jesus is going on like strings of parables, it's kind of like he's weaving together a fabric of meaning and truth that isn't necessarily contained in. It's not that it's not contained in any one of the parables, but he's he's trying to like build tr- like a, a fabric of truth from these individual strands. So that each individual parable has something important and unique to say, and then and then holding them all kind of together uh, has its own kind of unique voice too. So um, just a, a thing to keep in mind, and that's why the the numbers of the lectionary seem all chopped up. Is that we? It's like an introduction to the section, and then jumping to one of the parables that doesn't immediately follow that introduction. So uh, Jackie has the first point. My point today is about the father. Um, And in this parable, it's very easy to want to choose sides. Um, All of us in our our human nature identify with one of these sons more than the other. Or at different points in our lives might identify with the sons differently. But what I think the father is a great example of is someone who goes out and builds bridges and builds community. So when the first son is coming home, he goes out and he greets him there and he welcomes him back home. And he makes sure that the son knows that he is welcome in this family and is a member of this family. 
Um, and then at, during the celebration, when the elder son is in the field and feeling frustrated, um, he goes out and he invites him in and he invites him to be part of the family and he invites him um, to build that bridge with his brother. And I think this is an important notion of, you know, we, we are in those spots where we either make poor choices or we, our life doesn't go according to plan or we are frustrated and those things put up walls. But the father is such a great example of, building that community and building those bridges and reaching out to one another in a Christ-like way so that we can be a community together, so that we can be stronger together, so that we can be better Christians together. And I think that that is a really special part of this story. It seems like one cool thing about the the character of the father in the story is kind of following from what you're saying is that he's meeting each person each of the sons where they are. Mm-hmm. So he's yes. never in the beginning of the story, his, his youngest son comes to him and says, I want my inheritance now. And he's, he's like, like he right. doesn't say that's a terrible idea. <laughs> he doesn't say, well, it's invested right now. So you need to leave it. <laughs> he's like, okay, you take it. It's yours to do with, with it, what you will. And and that seems like the ultimate, he's, he's kind of showing this ultimate um, kind of, interdependence but like solid self he's not he's not like taking too much responsibility for this his other son's his son's actions but he's also um not like totally distant from him and saying no you know he's he's kind of like in this he's really meeting him where he is in his relationship with him and then the son goes away and then the son comes back and again the father meets the son where he is and then he meets his eldest son where he is in his frustration and kind of continuously is able to communicate to them a solid self and and not kind of like dissolve into pleasing them and and trying to figure out uh, a way to make everything okay, but just like clearly communicating where he's coming from and meeting them where they are. I think that's a really cool part of the father's role in the story. Yeah. And, and a lot to say and a lot about, you know, if, if this if the father character here is representative of God and God's relationship with us, then I I love that idea that it's not about me getting to a certain place in order to come to God. It's that God is going to meet me where I am, no matter where I am. And, and it's coming from, coming from God is, is like this infinite ability to, to be wherever I am, to meet me as I am and, and where I, and what, and with, and at, with what I'm needing. Right. And where I will meet him. Yeah. You know? Right. Like he'll be there even if I'm not there, but you know what I mean? Right. Kind of like, he'll be be there where I want him to be. I don't know. He'll be there for me. So I think that kind of goes into my point. The, the thing about the agency of, of the whole thing about the sun, because I think it's, one other way to read this is is to one other way to interpret this scripture is in kind of the context of a liturgical season that we're in. So this the this parable is coming up for a reason in the lectionary in Lent because it really has a lot to do in terms of a commentary on how we understand um, repentance and sin and penitence in this season in this season of Lent where those things are primary and really the themes of of the season that we're in and so 
and thinking about sin and repentance in this in this season of Lent, taking the example of this story that Jesus is giving us of the way that we relate to God and God relates to us, there is nothing in here about God judging the actions of the younger son. There's nothing in here about God, about the father punishing the younger son when the son returns. There's a whole lot in here about the son's suffering and, and the way he brings that suffering onto himself. And, and it's all about kind of how he has, he has a clear idea and a yearning for something and goes about that by getting his inheritance and then going out and kind of consuming things. And that consumption of things really breaks him down and causes a lot of suffering. And to use some language from addiction, he finds himself at rock bottom here in the, when he's like working with these pigs as a hired hand and can't even make enough money to buy himself food and is like eating the same food as the pigs are eating. And, and it's like, it's at that moment, that is to me, that is the moment of repentance is when he finally comes to terms with his own suffering and the way he's caused suffering in his life. I love the phrase he came when he came to himself. Yeah. That to me is what it means to repent is to come back to ourselves is like to recognize who we are, to recognize our own humanity, that this, our suffering has brought us to such a depth in ourselves that we are, we are completely humble because we have been humiliated. Mm-hmm. Humiliated not in a way of being made fun of or, or put down, but humiliated in a way that we recognize our humanity. So the son, that is the moment of repenting, of like actually turning. So he turns around and and starts to walk back towards his father's house and his assumption is that he is no longer worthy of being called his father's son that there is everything he's done has made him has has done something to his inherent being to make him less than human really less than a son to his father and his assumption is that he's just going to have to go back and work to regain that that status and maybe never regain it and so in his suffering and his repentance, he goes back ashamed and he's not met with a father who punishes him or judges him or makes him work as a hired hand, but with a father who is overjoyed to see his son again. And the son returns a different person than the person that left. He returns in like real humility and openness to relationship and not because he did something wrong, but because he kind of like went the necessary path of suffering to return to God. And so I think that there's – it's kind of like a, a, very, a very affirming way of looking at the suffering that we have in our own lives and the ways that we hurt ourselves and, um, and the way that God is working through that thing and that God is – is like ex- waiting for us to come back and also always searching us out. And that we come to a real an awareness of our humanity and our belovedness in, hum- in that humility that suffering brings to us. And that I, I, think, it, I think it kind of takes away this, this idea of sin as, or, and repentance as just as hating ourselves and as shame, of shaming ourselves. And that it's actually part of our journey that has to happen. Because look at the kid, look at the son who didn't go through that. He's kind of like, 
He's, I think, I think there's kind of like a dichotomy here between the son who went and suffered and his relationship with the father and the son who didn't. The son who didn't suffer can't, has, doesn't have the humility of the younger son who did and can't rejoice, can't even bring himself to be in relationship with his father and his brother anymore. You know, is that there's a depth of relationship with one another, with ourselves and with God that we cannot get to removed from our own suffering and engaging with our suffering. So uh, I think it brings out this idea of sin as like an unnecessary path and not just something to be avoided, really not something to be avoided at all. God's kind of, Jesus is kind of saying, yeah, take your inheritance, blow it, you know, sin boldly, like Paul says, because that is the path of descent. That is like the way we come back to ourselves, not by being some sort of moral standard. So I think that's I think that's a cool thing to remember in Lent when we are talking so much about sin, so much about repentance, so much about penitence, and knowing that this is a time not to hate ourselves, but to recognize how we are causing suffering and to recognize how God is moving in that suffering, and then to recognize how that suffering is, suffering is bringing us to a, a deeper and deeper part of ourselves that is in itself a deeper and deeper part of God. So my point is kind of, it ties directly with David's, but it's that point where the father and the son are meeting and the son keeps talking about how I'm not worthy to, you know, be your son. And then, you know, I'll have you like have me as a hired hand. He keeps using the word worthy. I think he uses it twice, actually. Mm -hmm. And man, I get that kind of, um, but the father doesn't use it, use it once you know um and we kind of talked about a couple weeks ago when jesus was talking when we had mentioned the verse where it's judge and you won't be judged or forgive and you will be forgiven um give and it will be given to you and then he talks about uh the basket of grain you know and the 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 measure that you give in grain will be given back to you um and it wasn't i feel like and david had pointed out because David knows a lot about grain, I guess. <laughs> no, I don't know. I feel like I feel like every like because Jesus talks a lot about grain, which makes sense uh-huh. given the agricultural you know milieu he was in. But I just I don't know. David's dropped some knowledge about grain and agriculture that have really enlightened me and helped me learn about certain things because this makes sense like when you don't know anything about grain it's like a grain of wheat must fall to ground and die i'm like well i don't get it and then he talks about grain i'm like oh all right but but um david had mentioned about how you know it makes sense you know but when you shake a basket of grain and you know pull it over pour it over and stuff there's more grain that gets put in the basket and that it doesn't make sense to give someone so it's not Jesus isn't necessarily talking about the amount of grain that you give someone will be given back to you, but it's the measure what you use to measure it out that will be given to you. And if you're giving without measure, then you will receive without measure because you're not using measuring anymore. <laughs> and so I don't know with this, I feel like it ties to this as well because I think if we just throw away that language of worthiness in a way of like I don't deserve this. I don't I'm not worthy of your love. And I think I have a hunch that God doesn't really use that word. He probably uses it somewhere in the Old Testament, honestly. But um, <laughs> but it, it, I have to not 
I don't know. I feel like I have to be a hired hand and I have to work my way to God's approval mm-hmm. and that I have to pay off my debt. And so what you were talking about, David, with like Lent isn't a time to like hate ourselves it, and it's not a time to be God's hired servants mm-hmm. and like being his servants because we owe it to him. It's kind of like serving him and loving him and he, and he, and, and he loves us and like, Worthy is a ling- is a word we use, but I don't I don't think it's one that God uses. Mm-hmm. But then again, I have to check. He probably does somewhere in the Bible, <laughs> and that no matter how much we mess up, we have like, these scorecards and like I'm not worthy of your love because and I don't know about we. I don't know why I keep saying we. I because <laughs> I can't I can't speak for anyone else, but I know I have like a list readily available that I could unfurl from my pocket right now and be like, excuse me, Mr. Godman, this is the reason why you shouldn't love me. <clears throat> Clear his throat. Actually, I have a PowerPoint that I would pull up. I don't have it, but like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I just have a list of reasons why God shouldn't love me and why I'm not worthy. And there are no PowerPoints in the kingdom of God. No I'm kidding. <laughs> That's true. I'm going to get sued or Hopefully. something. Hopefully. Yeah. God, right? But you know, all those weights and measures and worthiness and do you deserve it? Uh, do you have, have you earned love? I don't think that applies here. Because mm-hmm. by all accounts, no. <laughs> Except for God's. I think. I think. I think that's the only way we can end these podcasts. Like, ah, I think. I think. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> that's right. I have a guess. So, uh, that's three points. Uh, so the first point was Jackie's and it was about the character of the father and the, and the father's, um, constant intention of, of connecting people and building connections and community and and meeting people where they are in the story, just as God does. The second one was mine and it was about the way we think about sin and repentance and penitence in this season of Lent and Sin is more about kind of our necessary journey of suffering towards recognizing our humility, our humanity, and our connection to God and and to one another. And then the third was Maya's about our about worthiness and recognizing that in what Jesus is teaching us in the story is that there is no such thing as becoming worthy of God's love. That God's love is over and abundantly given to us at all times in all circumstances and not in spite of who we are and what we've done but but because of who we are and what we've done so jackie is going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything different this time through all the tax collectors and sinners were coming near to listen to jesus And the Pharisees and the scribes were grumbling and saying, This fellow welcomes sinners and eats with them. So Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that will belong to me. So he divided his property between them. A few days later, the younger son gathered all he had and traveled to a distant country. There he squandered his property in dissolute living. When he had spent everything, a severe famine took place throughout the country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed the pigs. He would gladly have filled himself with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one gave him anything. 
But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired hands have bread enough and to spare? But here I am dying of hunger. I will get up and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. So he sent off and went to his father. But while he was still far off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. He ran and put his arms around him and kissed him. Then the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, Quickly bring out a robe, the best one, and put it on him. Put a ring on his fingers and sandals on his feet. And get the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate, for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his elder son was in the field, and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. He called one of the slaves and asked what was going on. He replied, Your brother has come home, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has got back safe and sound. Then he became angry and refused to go in. His father came out and began to plead with him. But he answered his father, Listen, for all these years I have been working like a slave for you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you have never given me even a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours came back, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Then the father said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. Okay, thanks everybody for tuning in to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. We'll be back next week, the week of April 7th, uh, Lent 5, getting down to it. Um, make sure to go check us out on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at Faith to Go. Check out all the Faith to Go resources at www.myfaithtogo.org. Uh, make sure to rate and review this podcast and send us any questions, comments, or stories from your week of faith discussion uh, to faith to go at stpaulcathedral.org through Instagram or through our website. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in, and we'll be back next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.